Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Driveway Liberty Podcast, the only podcast recorded live in a driveway. Hey guys, I'm your Uncle Wes. I'm sitting here in a driveway with some good friends, and uh, man, we've got a great show for you in line tonight. Feeling good, feeling nice, the weather's perfect. Travis nice. and Dan, my boys, how are y'all doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. Uh, a little under the weather earlier, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting my second wind here. Beer helps. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, a couple of beers and some Advil, and we're, yeah. we're moving on. Dan hooked me up with like four Advil, because I had a pretty <laughs> nasty headache when I got here, so. Yeah, man. Uh, f- now we're good. F- hit, hit just right. Yeah. I'm, if you if you watch the live stream, you could probably tell about the five to ten minute mark when my headache started to go away. And we kind of perked up. Got a little, a little more lively there. Yeah, got a little more yeah. talkative. There right, you go. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, we have a very special guest. If back for his second go around with us, our unpaid, our senior unpaid medical right. advisor, Dr. John Ward. Dr. John, how are you tonight? Living the dream, as always, yeah. here in <laughs> South Walton. All right, out of the gate, do you plan to run for county commissioner coming up in, I, your, in your district? I have uh, not made any decisions on that at this point in time. I remain <laughs> engaged in the process, paying attention to what's going on. And at some point, uh, probably early 2024, I will make a decision on what I will do. There you go. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I figured yes, I would you anyway. You absolutely did. I absolutely <laughs> didn't mean to put you on the spot. Look, I, I got to be honest, Dr. Ward. I, I expect you to show off, show up in like burlap and ash after that Media Matters hit piece came out. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you, you know, I, I just am really, really glad that I forced some unpaid George Soros intern uh-huh. to read every single thing about me on yeah. the internet and then find the, the driveway Liberty <laughs> yeah, podcast I, and, uh, and listen and literally listen to all like 40 some odd minutes of it right. to see if I said anything controversial. Look, right. I, my, my only, <laughs> you know, though my only regret was they didn't take any of the great stuff I said and put it in, but whatever. Well, the meeting it, matters. The, You're, the, I'll, I'll, we'll have our time. The, we'll regret, time. Yeah. the regret is they said <laughs> the host said, yeah, instead host. of Travis, like my name's clearly labeled Travis there. of the Driveway Liberty right. Podcast That's had right. that great question. Right. Well, yeah. I th- what I thought was really funny. All right, we we talked about COVID and we talked about what should happen to Fauci, but then when we came back after the break we after beer about, reviews, oh, yeah. we talked about monkeypox. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'll, there I'll, were several terrible <laughs> jokes about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that intern had to go see like therapists like five days. Ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She had to go to her his or her, or I'm not assuming their gender. Yeah. Uh, safe space and safe. um, yeah. take some time, take some personal time, some personal leave to uh to recoup from actually listening to. Well, the whole so, conversations, Doctor Ward. That came about after your speech with Governor DeSantis. I think that was over in Panama City Beach, right? That that was. We we did that uh, about a month ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now hit, hit the highlights on that one again, because I, I I it's been a month, and I told you the emotional wreck I've been in the last few days. So, so so I am uh, going to uh, on a Disney cruise over Martin Luther King weekend. Awesome. And we are in the car from we stayed overnight in Daytona. We're in the car going to to board the cruise ship, and thank God it was only a three night cruise. But I get a call from the governor's office about. Uh, Hey, we're going to do an event. It's going to be about, you know, 
the COVID restrictions, how it affected people's businesses, all this. We also want to throw in a little free speech stuff in there. So, hey, can you can you help us out? And, uh, you know, I look over at my wife. I'm like, it's the governor's office. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you okay if I'm tied up for the next few hours? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so uh, for, fortunately, uh, that was about 10 a.m. We get on the, we, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone while we're getting on the ship. All this, we had a champagne tasting at 2.30. Oh, yeah. So, nice. so, so that was my, like, hard window. Like, I had to get everything done by then. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I, I, I let them know. I said, hey, I'm on. A cruise until monday hopefully this is going to be on tuesday they're like yep it's on tuesday i'm like count me in uh <laughs> and it was a really fantastic event uh we had uh probably you know 250 people or so mm-hmm. in the todd Herndon theater right. the, the governor comes he talks about you know how he's gonna you know make sure that we never lock down again all the like mask mandates vaccine requirements all that he's going to make those permanent like not just expiring in 2023 but like permanent in the state of florida and then he's also you know pledged to help physicians be able to speak freely on not just covid but but all medical matters like if i want to say that a man will never be able to have a baby and that a man doesn't menstruate, uh, you know, like, 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 you know, in 2005, South Park actually did an episode where, yeah. where, where Mr. Garrison had a sex change mm-hmm. and he goes to Planned Parenthood and says, I want an abortion. And, 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 and the doctor's like, you can't have an abortion. And he's like, what? I get my right to choose. You can't tell me whether I can or can't. And then, you know, of course, uh, you know, he's like, uh, Mr. Gay, he's like, don't, don't call me Mr. I'm Mrs. And then, um, but anyway, the doctor's like, you don't have a uterus or ovaries, therefore you can't. And, <laughs> right. And and then, and then Mr. Garrison looks at him really disappointed and says, you mean I'm just a man with a mutilated penis? And the doctor says, basically, yes. Yes. And that is still true today. Yes, it is. That, so, so, that so, is so, so, no so, less true. So yes. we, we, we have men with mutilated penises who they want us to call women. Right. Yep. We have women who are taking testosterone to, to turn them into whatever they are, and they want us to call them men. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we've said it many times on this cast. We have come to cater to a mental disorder. I mean, it's, it was gender dysphoria just you know, seven, eight short years ago. And now, now they're trying to normalize it and 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 and, and force acceptance. Mm-hmm. But is, but but right now, doctors can have their board certifications removed for saying that in public. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Well, and I think all right. So I think you admit this. Um, you know, being a physician, it's a practice, which which by nature it is. It's a scientific practice. There's theory. There's differing opinions. There, that's why you get a second opinion. If the you go to a doctor and he says, "Well, I think you need to have your leg cut off because your circulation sucks," or something like that. Well, I'm going to get a second opinion. So those opinions differ, and exactly what's been going on the last three years since COVID is they have tried to squash opposing opinions in the medical field. Am I wrong? What was going on before COVID? COVID simply simply took what was already happening and put it into overdrive. Mm. I mean, the American Medical Association says that the 
American medical system is inherently racist. And and they and they demand and they demand get this. This is where all that diversity, equity, inclusion nonsense really is bad. They're demanding that we have equal outcomes. Meaning, if there's a disease process where, for whatever reason, Caucasians do better than than, than others, like you know, they're kind of saying, well, you should treat the the non-Caucasians better. And more aggressively, how does that work Caucasians. with sickle cell anemia? <laughs> what I was thinking is like, uh, how does that work with sickle cell? You know what you you are a bad person because you yeah. aren't giving yourself sickle cell. No, you need to you need to figure out man. how to get sickle cell. All right, I'm going to do a Google search real quick. <laughs> I mean, I do have some African American ancestors, so maybe maybe I could work that out by the end of the cast. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference between equality and equity is the thing. Like, yeah, everyone should have access to quality medical care right uh, you know it we can debate whether or not it should be under a capitalist system or a socialist system obviously I, I, I believe I believe that that my time as a doctor can, should I should be able to choose who who, who I treat and, and 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 you know the the whether I get paid or I'm doing it for free should be my choice. Sure, absolutely. You know, and that's the difference between capitalism and communism. Right. You know, if you're in a communist society, you're gonna you're gonna get fifty thousand dollars whether you see three people or whether you see thirty people. We we know what happens with that. You I'm I'm gonna see three people. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the other twenty seven people I'd have saw, I, I would have seen if I got paid more that. So what, right? I mean, that's that. That's what would happen under that system. Sure, absolutely. So that's why you have to reward people. But, uh, but gosh, what was the point I was making? Man, I, man, dude, I because freedom my, of speech, my, and, yeah, uh, freedom, yeah. yeah, the freedom well, of of practice. Yeah. Well, really, you, you were it's talking what about protecting doctors, about saying, men, you know, men can't be women and things like that, and the governor working on that. Yeah, and then you kind of went into all the other. I, stuff. Yeah, it's funny you can get off on so <laughs> yeah. many tangents. I'm, I was trying, trying to figure you, out how to bring it back right, around. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean, it's it's a great point. You you say we can debate the socialism versus capitalism. I'm, I'm like you. I err on on the capitalist side. Oh, on whether healthcare is a right or not. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. My wife has been in the medical field since about three or four years after we initially we got married you know she was in nursing school when we started dating she went to nursing school got her advanced education and she's worked for hospital system since and as an outsider who's married to an insider i can without a shadow of a doubt tell you that since our system is pushed more socialized since obamacare and that's why i'm that's what i'm going to call it i'm not calling it anything else since Obamacare, her job has gotten infinitely more difficult. It's gotten infinitely more tied up in red tape and bullshit. And there is the quality of care is significantly lower, not necessarily from her, but from the system as a whole, trying to fit in this mold of government run health care. And, and, and there's nothing you can convince based on my secondhand experience of being married to her. That would that would dictate otherwise. Well, we know right now, you know, my wife is in, you know, she's she's getting close to 50. I'm getting close to 50 and we don't really have primary care. Right. And, you know, we're looking at what what our options are. And quite frankly, I've looked around and I think we're both going to do concierge medicine. 
So I think we're both going to pay money on top of the insurance we already pay right? so that we can see a quality provider. Um, and, and the reason being, you, you mentioned Obamacare. So for a primary care doc to, to make a decent living these days, they could either see, you know, 40 patients a day, which is impossible to do a decent job with. Right. Or they can get a book of customers who pay them 1500 to $2,000 a year per customer. Yeah. They still get to bill the insurance for the visits, and they and, and you, you get to use your insurance for, for diagnostic tests and labs and stuff like that. Right. But they're like, you know, if you get, you know, for instance, you get, you know, 500 patients that agree to pay you, you know, you know, $1,500 for you to be their go-to. Yeah. You're making a good living mm-hmm. and, and, and it works. So, so I think, I think we're already seeing that move within primary care to get high quality primary care sure. to see you. Um, because the, the numbers, believe me, I've looked at the numbers on primary care and the numbers don't work out outside, outside of that concierge model. Right. So with, with the rise of telemedicine, so I work for a publicly traded company, 30,000 employees, <clears throat> you know, and my insurance is out of Illinois, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And their big push, the, the big push on a lot of stuff is for us to go telemed. You know, it like, hey, if you're having an emergency or, you know, things like that. Wait, it, is that a good thing? Bad thing? What, what's your thoughts on that? Telemedicine is great when you have something that is not serious and would resolve on its own anyway. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was kind of leaning towards. Yeah. I've never done it, but, you know. I, I can tell you for sure. It's just there a is, peace there, of mind there, situation. There's nothing serious that you have going on that a person would dare diagnose without physically examining you mm-hmm. and physically touching you. Um, telemedicine might work for anything that, 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 that wasn't going to kill you anyway. Right. But I can just about guarantee you if you have a life threatening condition or a condition that needs to be diagnosed appropriately and you're not in the exam room with a doctor, you, 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 you've wasted your time and money. So with the, so for ED, you can call and get your. Well, I'd rather do it on telemed. Like, look, it ain't working. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's a terrible joke. But fun. Um, So, like, for so what the governor's working on. So, how can he protect doctors? Like, what what can he do on the state level to protect doctors that say, "Hey, look, a a man, you know, a man can be a woman." Like the things the the things you're bringing. What what can we do on the state level? to protect that. So, so you've already seen what the governor can do. Uh, Florida is a state that matters. Okay. Right. So, so if Alabama does something, the, the, the rest of the country will say, who cares? It's Alabama Except for football. Uh, you know, Mississippi does something. So what? But like, for instance, you know, with the African-American AP thing, African-American yep. studies, they're putting all this crazy stuff in the governor's mm-hmm. like, well, well, we're, we're not going to participate in your African-American studies. That, that's a, for the college board. That was a decision. Uh, it was a financial decision. Right. If we lose Florida, we make less money. We need to do things where we're not losing Florida. So same thing. So these certifying boards, they only have their power based on it being required for doctors to get on 
insurance plans for doctors to get on hospital boards for uh, hospital medical staffs for doctors to get their state licenses reapproved. So, if you know if if the uh, if, if in Florida they say, hey, we're going to make a bad boy list of boards that are taking action on Florida physicians for free speech. And if you're on this bad actor list, because the state of Florida regulates hospitals, it regulates state-run insurance plans, it regulates uh, all healthcare facilities in the state outside of hospitals, state-run facilities, all of this. Basically, the state of Florida could say, if you violate our free speech statutes in our state, we're not going to let your piece of paper certifying physicians be recognized in any way in our state. Mm-hmm. It basically means that 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 certification is useless in Florida mm-hmm. and they don't want to lose that money. Right. Especially if other states started to do that. You right. know, if Florida did it first and then Alabama, Georgia, all the southeastern states opt out. Those, I mean, you're talking tens of millions of dollars that these comp- that these these certification board certification agencies would lose. So Florida has the power because we're a big state, right? To basically get all of these companies to capitulate. We could also make it legal, make it make legal action uh, possible, which which right now it's hard because these companies are in other states. They don't do business out of the state of Florida. They, they don't. They're not based here. So there's some right. some question. You 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 could codify. Hey, if you're gonna certify doctors in Florida, you have to register as a business in Florida, and then they would be subject to to legal action in Florida. All right, and man, I love this state. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, Texas used to be the state everyone loved, yeah, right? But, but but Texas. It has lost all of its nerve. Yeah. I mean, te- Texas, any any people out there from the Lone Star State, y'all need to elect some people with some cojones. So I right. so I was yeah. I was born in San Antonio. Uh-huh. I lived in Dallas, and you know, I, maybe like four years of my whole life I lived in Texas. But you know, the the whole don't mess with Texas and all that stuff is like they, they need to just print T shirts now that says you can totally mess with Texas. Yeah, yeah. Te- you can. Texas is made for messing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, he, here's a perfect example. Their governor declared an invasion at the border and they did nothing. Right. I, 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 what? Could you imagine Genghis Khan's like, oh, we're being invaded. Well, what are we going to do, Khan? Eh, I don't know. We'll just kind of see what happens. We'll just kind of sit back and let, <laughs> let Austin run the whole fucking state. I mean, this is what we'll do. Just, it, it's, it's quite unbelievable. You're right about Texas for sure. Absolutely. So, Dan, Dan, so Dan, I, I wanted I wanted to ask you about here it comes. The fact that they have now added the COVID vaccine to the child immunization schedule. It has, will set medicine back further than anything that ever has because you now have to question everything on the schedule. Yeah. You know, I mean it's ba- it's basically it's basically invalid any authority or credibility that it held before it now doesn't. So now, like, it's funny. I get called an anti-vaxxer because I believe that a brand new therapy 
that really technically isn't a vaccine. The CDC's had to change the definition of vaccine just so it could qualify to be called a vaccine. It's really right. mRNA therapy. Right. Um, but, but anyway, uh, they have, you know, basically thrown all of the rules out the window. And it, you're now an anti-vaxxer if you question that. Like, not, not mattering that my kids had every other recommended vaccine for them. Um, but, but now me and my family are all anti-vaxxers. So now, like, you know, I used to think about the people who were truly anti-vaxxers as, you know, a little cuckoo. Yeah. But, but now, you know what, you know, it's opened my eyes up and maybe, maybe they have a point, you know, maybe, maybe my blind adherence to what I learned throughout school of, you know, all vaccines being great and outside of hand washing, the vaccines were the second most thing that saved lives. I mean, show me the proof, like, like maybe we need to reevaluate that thing, you know? Well, they've, they've done so much to undermine the credibility of these institutions, whether it's the American Medical Association, the CDC, pick one. Yeah, yeah. They've undermined their credibility to the point where people are, are questioning it, and their only retort is to call them names. I don't care. Call me an anti-vaxxer. My kids are all vac- vaccinated, too. But there's no way in hell any of them are getting the COVID shot. I They didn't. And if I were a younger person and I was going to have children, I would be whatever the ability to buck this, this schedule. I don't know how much they're going to push it and require it. I'm sure public schools will require it. You, if we're in a state like Florida where you can get an exemption more than likely, but in a lot of other States, maybe even Texas where they're just not Texas anymore. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to get those exemptions and they're going to force this on people and it doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dan, um, I actually have to give you a lot of credit for, for, I think you pointed out that the, for a little bit, the, the school district here was going to do these COVID clinics out of the schools. Yeah. And, uh, people, people oftentimes will ask me, you know, Hey, what was, what was your proudest moment? Yada, yada. And I tell them that keeping the COVID shots out of the schools in my county was the thing that I I was the proudest of. Because how many kids do you think didn't get the vaccine because they had to go to the health department or they would have had to? But you put that in the schools and you put a clinic, you set it up in the school. A lot of those parents and kids, that was going to be that was going to be the okay now. If you have had the vaccine and you were near someone who, 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 who got it, you don't have to go home for 10 days if you had the vaccine. Why don't you go ahead and get the vaccine while you're at school so that you don't have to? That would have been how many kids would have gotten it in Walton County. But I wrote, yeah. the, I wrote the letter. You, you, you pointed it out. I wrote the letter to the school board and to, and yeah. the superintendent. I said, I said, this vaccine is not safe for children. It's never been, it's not been th- properly tested in children. And our local medical society does not recommend it for children. I said, I, I, and, and it was about three months later that the surgeon general said it, well, that he didn't want it in children either. Right. But, but we kept it out of our local schools because you brought it to my attention. I wrote the letter and, I guarantee you we saved a couple of kids from from really, really well, how, how bad many kids issues. did we save from future issues and reproductive yes. problems with yep. the with the females? 
but I, I can tell you, you deserve the credit. I just, I saw it come home from my son and, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I took a picture of it, put it on our little Facebook group and you took it and ran with it. Yeah. Because I knew, I, I didn't know where to go with it yeah. other than to maybe call the superintendent of schools and say, what the hell is this? And then it would just be a parent bitching. Hey, it really pissed off the Walton County Health Department director. The, the the I don't know what her name is, doctor or something, but it really pissed her off. She called the medical society, tried to get try to get me in trouble. And the, med- <laughs> the, the and I love. I've been on the board of our medical society for two decades now. Right. So 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 the and so, so the director really knows how to deal with it. She was like. I don't even know the doctor lady's name, but doctor so-and-so, are you a member of our medical society? No. Well, then we can't, you, you have to be a member to lodge a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and shut up. <laughs> no, but hey guys, seriously though, our county is still for some crazy reason extending at these county commission meetings, the COVID-19 emergency declaration. So and what, what power? It, it it the only logical well, reason it's, it's is it gives them money. some kind of power or money from the federal government. Well, if you if you look at the the statute under which they're doing that does not require them to. They can do things that they don't have to do. There are additional controls in place that they have to do if they're not under a state of emergency. So they keep doing it. There's absolutely no reason. There are only three counties in the whole state that are still under. Bay County, Okaloosa County have been out from under COVID emergency for over a year. It just goes back to the fact that our county sucks. Our county commissioners don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. And like, you would think one of them, one of them would, would, when they go to do this, would be like, what the heck are we doing? And if it has something to do with federal money, Give the federal money back, yeah. right? Well, I'm like, I'm like, who cares? Well, well as the, much as my mortgage went money up comes this year. with strings. Yeah, as much as my mortgage yeah. went it up this year does. due to yeah. taxes, yeah. I, I, I yeah. would. Yeah. Oh, like, believe me, we got plenty of money. If if if, if <coughs> I do run for county commissioner at some point in the future, this will be brought up, and I will be like, this. W- if I were on this board, this would never happen. I, I had no idea that our county was still under. It's read, read the county, the next meeting coming up, read the book. It's going to be continuation of COVID-19 state of emergency. It comes up at every meeting Mm. and they, and it's on the consent agenda. And most of the time they don't even talk about it because they, it's on the consent agenda. They just have to motion second, approve, done. They don't even have to mention it. So how often do they have to? to approve it uh, it's for forever every, every meeting it, 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 yeah you, it's on every agenda they just don't have to verbalize it because it's on the consent it's, agenda it, it, it's a sign of just how incompetent our county is what the hell right like every time i think it's why don't bad. we ask the county attorney why they do it the in well let me let me phrase that the interim county attorney yeah, the interim and for our freaking interim the county time manager I've been involved in looking <laughs> right. at the county stuff. All right, we're not supposed to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I, no, no y'all, y'all keep going. I was just pulling up. Indeed, that's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. So, but hitting on some of the COVID stuff, we Florida is still the only the our, our Surgeon General. I, I freaking love that dude. And yeah. uh, you could put a bug in his ear. He can come sit in the driveway with us. But uh, 
like Florida is the only state in the union that, and and I, in in my opinion, not pushing back hard enough. Although Lee County, apparently the Republican Party of Lee County said that Florida should motion to outlaw the vaccines, which I ask everybody. But, anyways, the we're the only state that's pushing back even a little bit by just not recommending it to people uh, what under eighteen, I think, or under forty five. I forget. No one under the age of 18 and no men under the age of 40. Yeah. So, so what, why is no other red state Surgeon General doing this? Because they're bought and paid for by the established medical community. The established medical community uh, has academic centers. All the academic centers are funded by the National Institute of Health. Okay. I'm on, I'm on, this story is going to tell you all you need to know about this. So, um, I did not come out like anti-vax on, on even the, the mRNA vaccines. You know, I wasn't going to take it. I, I, I thought healthy people should take a wait and see approach, see what happens. Cause it's new, all that, but I wasn't like rabidly anti COVID vaccine. Um, but when, um, like in March of 2021, a nurse practitioner that works for me, 28 years old, never, never had any issues ever. And she's a great, great girl. And was going out, she got vaccinated, got two Moderna shots, and she did it because everyone told her it was the right thing to do. This is what you do to protect your community. She had bought into that whole gobbledygook that everybody told everyone. Uh Ten days after her second shot, her skin turns yellow, her eyeballs turn yellow, her pee turns brown. Ooh. Yeah. She's in clinic. She feels horrible. They tell her, look, you need to go to the hospital. She goes to the hospital She's in acute liver failure. Her 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 Straight liver up her liver yeah. shut down. She was she was she was admitted to the hospital. They transferred her to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. She had to be put on high dose immune suppressives. Her she had autoimmune hepatitis, and they thought she would need a liver transplant. Fortunately, high dose immune suppressives got it under control. She did not have to have a liver transplant. The team at UAB told her. You're actually the second young lady who had gotten an mRNA vaccine that, uh, that that this has happened to. When she went back for follow-up a few months later, they told her they had seven cases of this. Seven cases of this. At that time, they published the first report of the first one. And this lady, the first one, was pregnant, too. Like, yeah, pregnant woman who had gotten this. You know, no, no. You're supposed. Remember how the American uh, uh, OBGYN Society, ACOG, American College of OBGYN, said it's totally safe for pregnant women, sure, unless mm-hmm. it shuts your liver down. Right. Well, well, anyway, that seems detrimental to so, a pregnancy. So, yeah. <laughs> so they published the first case, and it was in there, and they questioned whether it was could have been caused by the vaccine. The doctor who published it got so much criticism and pushback in a, in the academic setting. That he feared for his academic career, he did not report any of the other seven cases oh. that occurred in the first three months. Zero. None of them. No, UAB is one of 120 academic medical centers <coughs> in the nation. Mm. They had seven cases in three months. Multiply that times 120. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. About 1,000 people in all likelihood developed severe liver damage from, MR- from mRNA States. vaccines and just in the first three months. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's you know, the initial the, dose. The, the, not the boosters. 
the degree of suppression of adverse events. Look, everybody knows someone who was harmed, if not killed, by the vaccine. Yeah. Do you know anyone that's do you know anyone that's been severely harmed or killed from flu shots? And how many hundreds of millions of flu shots have been given out in the last decade? Nope. Don't know a single one. I well, mean, I mean, seriously, this it, it it is a crime on humanity. Yes, it is. Well, what has you, occurred? And that's disappointing about UAB because that is when, when my wife and I moved down here, we we figured out very quickly. We moved. We were in Tuscaloosa, forty-five minutes from UAB, and the medical care in that area, because it's a you know ac- academic medical uh, or, or hospital, basically, unbelievable. Like it, any specialist for any rare thing you can think of is in that area. And we moved down here. That we have like, all right. Well, if it's life-threatening, no offense, we're not going to the place where Wes's wife works. You know, I'm either going to Jacksonville or I'm going to Birmingham. Like that. That's just it's a standing order. It's sad to hear that about UAB. That, that yeah. my mom, she had ovarian cancer, was treated there. My my grandfather, like so many things, the dental school took my wisdom teeth out for like ninety five dollars or something like that. Well, like it's it's sad to hear that. About well, that. they'll talk amongst themselves that the vaccine did it. They just won't publish it because right. they don't want uh, the NIH to cut their funding. Well, there here, you here's go. a stat for you, real quick. Of the six point seven five million COVID deaths. 70% of them occurred after the vaccine was introduced. Mm. On that stat, we need, more, to, no, I'm just kidding, go ahead. we need to take a break. Doc, you going to hang with us for the second half? Absolutely. All right, cool, cool. We're going to come back with beer reviews. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, guys, it's Wes. Well, to thank you so much for helping our podcast grow. We are so excited about the growth we've experienced in our listenership this year. And we're very excited to be able to now offer sponsorships for liberty-minded business owners right here on our podcast. So reach out to us. You can contact me directly at Wes at WesHerndon.com, or you can go to our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com forward slash The Driveway Liberty Podcast. Send us a message, man, if you're interested. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. And maybe if you're local or nearby, we can actually shoot a podcast directly at your business. Either way, let's get back to the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Driveway Liberty Podcast. It is time for... Wrong button. Me to hit the wrong button. <laughs> Beer Reviews. Beer Reviews. Hey, man, we've got our special guest, uh, our senior unpaid medical advisor, Dr. John Ward in Driveway. So we're going to go to him and let him review... His beer. That's not the cucumber ale that he was drinking earlier. <laughs> yes, we. I will not be reviewing the cucumber gose by Urban South Brewery. No. <laughs> I am, however, reviewing the Perfect Plain Brewing Company. Their Citrus Spin Hazy IPA. It is a local brewery out of Pensacola, Florida, and the Citrus Spin Hazy IPA, as you might guess has notes of orange right, and a very full body, and I would give it a thumbs up. Nice. Right. That's nice. nice. What's your ABV on that? Do you know what it is? Oh, boy. You're I think eat- I saw 6.5 on the back of the can. Uh, <laughs> I, yep, it is 6.5. You were correct. Hey, man, my eyes are better than I thought they were at 52. Mm-hmm. So, Cool, cool, cool. Uh, 
Trav, what you drinking over Since everybody. I remembered to get my beer out of Dan's fridge this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not drinking Propel, Kiwi Strawberry. Well, although it's quite delicious, let's be honest. Well, it, it worked with the, uh, with the Advil. Yeah. A, a, a good, bottle of, purpose. good bottle of electrolytes and four Advil <laughs> knock the headache right on out. Yep. Uh, but I am drinking Miller Lite because I still have some in Dan's fridge because he sissied out when I was trying to come over here and drink a bunch of beer the other night. And my half a bottle of whiskey is still here. Yeah, it's still here. I haven't drank any of it. Well, I know. I, I bet, I bet that's why I was trying to come over, so I could drink <laughs> my liquor that's at your house. Wow. Well, you know, the, the, the dude rule is you leave the liquor at somebody's house, it's not yours anymore. Right. That's kind of how it works. But luckily for you, I don't drink Miller Lite, so you can stash that shit in my fridge. And well, I'll then I will be it. taking my whiskey I, home with it. Now, my, my son... You never know what's going to happen. Well, I paid him off for hauling limbs for me once I went Miller Lite. So. Yeah, he'll he'll drink anything. He's he's only going to be eighteen years old, right? <laughs> you just admitted to contributing to delinquency, right? It's here. my son. If he wants, if I can, I can give him a beer in my fucking house if I want. All right, fair enough. I like that libertarian attitude. And he's Italian, so you give him a glass of wine too. All right, fair enough. What like you it. drinking, buddy? Uh, I'm drinking uh, good, my left over here. Good people IPA. <laughs> so there's this is like the is this like the second Alabama born beer? Yeah, that I've had here in the last uh, couple weeks. So this is a uh, this is actually good. This is the first time I've ever had. You know what I really like about good people? All right, I have that untapped app on my phone. Anytime I drink a new beer, I go in and I rate it so I can go back and reflect and you know. <laughs> Think about it at a later date, especially if I can't remember if I had that beer. I can look and see, oh, yeah, I had this beer on this date, such and such and such, and I rated it this. Um, anytime I've ever rated a good people beer, regardless of what it was, the IPA or their other beers, they always respond. Thank you for drinking our beer because they're good people. They yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of Birmingham. I like Absolutely. how you said when you wanted to reflect on it, like you're substituting reading your beer reviews for <laughs> prayer and meditation. <laughs> it's, my, it's my devotional, man. Yeah. When I get up, I, I do my three S's in the morning. I sit there and I'm like, okay, what beer did I drink last night? Right, yeah. yeah. So I this would normally be a beer I would drink. I'd pour it into a glass because it's an unfiltered IPA. So I like the... Because you're fancy like that. Fancy do you like have that something first. you want to say? So... I just got an idea that you and Derek need to bring up to a local brewery uh-huh. for the, the 30A Road uh, Rage. Road Rage. Y'all need to come up with a beer and call it Bad Driver IPA. I like mm. it. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good. You got good people, then you need Bad Driver. That's true. Think about it. Do yeah. a collab, collab and call it the Road Rage IPA. Oh, Road, Road Rage, Rage yeah. IPA. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. I like uh-huh. Road yeah. Rage IPA. Yeah, I like that. That's a good nice. idea. Absolutely. 7.1 ABV. Woo! I know. I bought that beer, so you, I should know. So what are you drinking with? So, you know, I figure I'd do something a little different. Oh, here we go. I'm drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I imbibed heavily here, last your, night. You want your good people? No, you go ahead. I uh, I imbibed heavily last night. I actually went to the store, and I'm like, man, I'm going to pick out a good beer. Um to review on the cast tonight and then i got to thinking about how bad i felt because that guy kept buying us jameson shots while we were playing at the uh at the mardi gras thing and i was like nah let's just do miller light we'll take it easy tonight i'll be honest with you most of the time i try to go find a beer that's in within my kind of taste profile that i like 
to find a new one. And, and I'm having a harder and harder time finding one because it isn't like we're in the mecca of breweries well we, we have no, plenty we, of breweries here no, we have but, access to a lot of good beers man I mean, we do but you know if you go to our local supermarket you're not gonna find much other than the oyster city and, right right but you know when you go to go to the to the liquor store over in grand boulevard they they've got a pretty diverse group of beers but it's like fourteen dollars for a fucking four pack. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm not buying this. That's the good beers. Well it's crazy. I mean, I know there are a lot of good local beers. Now I can't say that I drank all of these locally because I have traveled and I've drank beers in New Orleans and other parts of the world, Mexico. Yeah, but it's know. local while you're there. True. <laughs> but speaking of my untapped app, um, I've drank at least two hundred and eighty one unique beers. So, and that's actually a small number that compared is, to several, several late. of my friends. That seems late. Yeah, it is. So, all right. So now I'm, we're going to play a short clip. Yeah. Yeah. We, I know that's, we talked about this multiple times. Yeah. Are you going to play a short clip? Yes. Okay. And, and doc, the reason I want to play this for you is you're on the board of directors at Northwest Florida State College, correct? I am. Yep. And. So, Although anything I say is my own comment only and not the opinion of any boards or companies that I serve on. Correct. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, th this is a teacher at a, uh, a local, I think it's a school board meeting somewhere, and I don't remember exactly where it is. 40 seconds. I want to play it. Not local I'll, to Walton no, County. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so And then I want to ask you a question after that. I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. We okay, so that is apparently fuck that bitch. A highly educated <laughs> or or has multiple degrees. I will, I will put it that way according to her own personal. She, she, I, I say no, not, not literally not f that broad. Thank that lady, okay? And let me tell you why. All right. Is there a better ad for school choice than what she just Absolutely. said? Yeah. Like that. that is exactly why the dollars need to follow the students, yes. yep. not mm -hmm. the system. Right. You need... You need, you know, in Florida right now, the, the FEFP money. So so every student's allocated about $8,000. That money needs to be the parent's choice of whether they want to send their kid to a public public school. Right. A public charter school or a private school. Right. And Or homeschool. Or home, yeah, agreed. Or yeah. homeschool and give them resources, give sure. the parent mm -hmm. resources to educate their child i think i think that lady we like just like what libs of tiktok has done to just yeah. show everyone how ridiculous some of these teachers are yep. and in showing these uh these 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 disgusting public library drags drag queen story hours yeah 
Uh, which which someone even said Walton County was going to do like a banned book thing, which is oh you know, they did they, they did. did that at the oh, library yeah, they I, actually I, did it they, they went through a, with it they, they had, had a banned book week yep. there was a national <laughs> banned book week and the local Walton County libraries participated okay and the county commissioner oh no no, no, no sorry 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay off well, that I like well people allowed I, people in government allowed that to happen I, I, unofficially I can. 100% confirmed that every current county commissioner at that point was emailed about it. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But not, but no, we have to thank these, these people who say those things. It's like, those were the things like tw- 10 years ago they were thinking, but not saying. Now right. they're saying that in public. And again, well, it's because we're forcing them to yeah. like, we, we, before I get to my question, what what we have finally, what I think we've figured out in the last, we'll call it six years, really kind of Trump, but let's just go back to the Tea Party, is when we force a discussion, when we actually go and fight these things, because that's in the, I, I was re-looking at the, the video there. That's in Arizona, she said that. And it was a Senate hearing. So it's in the Arizona Senate, something about school choice, right? And I think they're yeah. trying to repeal it, but it's passed. It's going to stay passed. But because we decided to go pick the right fights finally and and we elected enough of the right people to go pick the fights and then the people forced them to go have those fights for school choice we get to the point where we forced them to say this out loud when 10 years ago we would have never picked the fight we would have never done these things to force that conversation to be had in public on twitter with millions of views well we're backed into a corner now right and, and that's the thing. We're in this corner that we've been backing into because we've given this ground. We've allowed rhino Republicans to get into office who wanted to go along to get along. And, and we've given this ground, and now we're in this damn corner where our kids are at danger, we are at danger, society's at danger, the entire country's at danger. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is we, had, we have to come out swinging. Now, finally— we're swinging. We could have just thrown a few jabs earlier and been okay. Sure. The, the, the beauty of what's going on in our state right now is Florida, though, is going to keep getting redder and redder because I do know of specific situations where people who don't like what Florida's doing are moving. They're, yes. they're actually moving to blue states because they don't like what we're doing. There was actually an article in Yahoo about that this morning. And praise the Lord that those people are leaving our state. Finally. Absolutely. So, well, because, because we used to, like you said, we used to get, go along to get along. Right. No more, no more. No more. And so, yeah. And, and, and that is the good thing. Just like California is going to no holds barred at all times. You know, every red state, you know, and, and uh, with the 38 GOP, the young lady, uh, I think the assistant attorney general, Alabama. Yeah. You know, I ask her, you know, not not on the air, but, you know, why? I, I grew up in Alabama. I mean, Alabama is like red as red can possibly be. Right. But why isn't Alabama doing these things? Right. Like it should be easy to have this stuff done. But, you know, so there's lots of good reasons. Meemaw ain't going to do it now and hey, look. Now, Governor Governor Meemaw said, "Y'all can go outside. You just gotta be home by dark." Right? That was that was my favorite meme during COVID. Right? Like, there was some kind of restriction she lifted, and that was the meme. Um, so, but but hearing that, and and that is a, a an educator who has multiple degrees, uh, what we would consider higher education, but it's called higher education. I don't know if I would, but so my question is, obviously that's coming from 
an educational system. She's learned that somewhere that that the credentialism, right? Yeah. That you know better than parents do for their own kids. So I think we kind of know where it's coming from. I answered my own question. How do we continue to work to stop that? You become what the uh, National Homeland Security says is a domestic terrorist. Um, yes. So, Definitely going to so, be on media, man. So, 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 no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. So, so there was a, there was it two weeks ago, uh, someone I follow on Twitter highlighted the, the, the weekly alert from the National Homeland Security terrorist uh, uh, alert. And basically was like the biggest threat. This was when the Chinese balloon was up there. Right. Oh, yeah. So 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 the big the biggest threat isn't like, you know, the Chinese balloon. Russian cyber attacks, which right. by the way, a big hospital system in Tallahassee had their had their uh, medical record system hacked into and froze. So like that's not the biggest terror threat is cyber attack isn't the right. biggest terror mm-hmm. threat. Uh, Chinese spy balloons is not the biggest right. terror threat. It's domestic terror from people who are intentionally spreading misinformation mm. on the internet with the intent to undermine the trust in our public institutions. I'm not kidding you. This was what this is what our government said is the biggest terror threat in the United States right now. And I was reading it and it's like, "Oh my god, they're talking about me." Yeah. And people like me, right, sure. uh, uh, like by their definition, we, the four of us are all the biggest threat to the United oh, yeah, States yeah. right now, because we aren't buying the credentialed BS that they're selling mm-hmm. because we know that we are the ones who should be telling our well, children what to think and what to read and what, what they need to be taught. Our knowledge, our, our desire to dig and gain that knowledge can't be allowed to spread otherwise their power would no longer exist if enough people were like us they wouldn't have the control or the power so we have to be the biggest enemy of this giant cabal which is basically our government institutions and and pick one federal state our state's better than than most, but there's some issues with some our, avenues. Our state's our state better government. than forty dot, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah, most definitive. But if you didn't live in Florida, your state government's got as many issues as as everywhere else. Local, we can't talk about it, but there's some major issues there. And then all of the bureaucracies that are encompassed in those are all like name one that's not screwed up. All of the bureaucracies are screwed up. Nate, Nate, yeah, there's there's All literally none. Well, right? see, here's my fear, and, and and the point of people moving to blue states that it is great in the short term, right? And and we see the governor won by a record margin, and that's phenomenal. Well, that that insulates us, but it doesn't solve the problem, right? Well, if you think long term, be, because we, it the the difference in us, and I would say, you know, the Democratic Party, you know, you think about. Um, uh, was it, it wasn't Soros or, uh, I think it was Ailes talked about the long march through the institutions, right? I mean, this, we're now seeing the culmination of a hundred year plan. Yes. And, and we're, we're starting to do things and we're starting to force these conversations, but if we can't go and affect permanent long-term change at 
at every level. Now, the school boards have been, and I, I see the governor, I think, next week is rolling out a school, school board strategy for 24, which is great because he put his thumb on quite a few scales as for school boards and, and flipped a ton of school boards. Yeah. And and I see what he's done, and uh, you and I were talking off the air about New College, right? And 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 there's all these things. Like uh, Ben Sass, I think, is now the president of the University of Florida. Not great, better than whatever freaking weirdo was there before him. Right. I, I'll give you that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, like trying to cement this where the there's some form of permanence there, where we get away from this nonsense that we just heard, and 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 we don't lose our state because we end up sending our kids to state institutions where then they go learn it. Now in 30 years, we're looking at looking around and like, well, hell, we gotta go do this again, right? You know, like that. That's my. That, that, I think that's more of my question is how do we continue to work and push and whether it's the governor or whether it's locally to reform the higher ed i think school board we can we can turn around relatively quickly and make some quick changes at the very local level but at the state level and someone that's on the board of directors you know how do we how do we work towards some kind of permanence away from the nonsense we just heard well you've you've got to really push that this governor and future governors appoint people to these boards that won't allow nonsense. So, you know, what he did with New College is great. He, you know, he basically said, you know, you get, there's no institutional control. You, you know, you've gone too far off course and we're getting rid of this board, putting in a new board that will, that will get rid of this president and change the direction. Um, but, you know, the, the, the institutions like Florida State and, uh, and Florida and University of South Florida and all of the other ones, you know, to get to become a board of trustee there, it's kind of like, a, a, um, you know, one of these things where you, you need to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 country co- company that, uh, you know, if you look at who it is, it's not people who actually adhere to any principles. Right. So, of course, they just allow whatever the whatever it's going to take to get them you know, a, a one notch higher in the U.S. News and World Report rankings, which if you maybe aren't, you know, hitting your diversity, equity, inclusion marks, you you, you might drop a point or two. You know, it, it, it's one of these things where we need to get back to boards mattering mm-hmm. and vetting people based on what their actual belief system is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and that I think it was. Uh, maybe James Lindsay recently or, or someone I saw that they no, it was Chris Rufo found that at University of Central Florida, like their whole D like it was a sixty million dollar DEI program or something along those lines with forty something employees. Like it, it was just it's it was disgusting. Right. And 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 trying to expose that, I mean that to me that's great. I'm you know, they, and I and look, you could get it at Florida, you could get it at Alabama. You get it at Auburn. You get it at Florida State. You get it at Miami. Get it anywhere. Like, because all of them got a DEI, you know, person and, and, you know, a whole administrative staff to handle this nonsense. So, yeah. Northwest Florida State College does not. All right. Well, you know, they got one good guy on the board of directors, at least, I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> at least one. Yeah. So, so not all of them do. And, right. I, and actually, the state college system, the presidents of that got together, wrote, wrote Governor DeSantis a letter saying, we applaud what you're doing. I'm sure they did. No, no, They're no, scared to death. No, granted, they they might want a little extra state funding. They <laughs> yeah. they, they they might want some what they call parity in funding. So right. right now, the state university system gets a lot more money than the state college system. 
and 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 saying, "Hey, Governor, we're already doing what you want us to do." That might help get them more funding, well, and, and, yeah. th- and that's the other place. Yeah, you know, you don't just you don't just make sure you get the right boards, but you punish them with state funding, which to date no one has done. Right. Well, and I also think the push for you know Walton County's done a pretty good job, and I think the state in in general has, but maybe not good enough of taking kids. You know, like like you and I talked about with with my daughter. And I, I, hell, I've encouraged my daughter for the last five years. Like, yo, you want to be a welder? I'll pay every last out-of-pocket expense you could ever need to go get, you know, your welding certificate and associate's degree. Then you want to start your own welding business? You know, like, do a trade. You know, I, the, the, some of the wealthiest folks in this county I know, you know, might have went to college to go to a kegger and started a construction company. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think the trades and the state colleges are where the future's at. Because when we send them to these big four-year universities where you get people like the lady we just heard, and that's their, you know, Western Civ teacher or whatever, you know, you, you end up with folks that think just like her. You Right now at Northwest Florida State College, you can dual enroll as a high school student into their, um, into they have a, an aeronautical center of excellence in Crestview. Mm-hmm. So you can dual enroll as a high school student, get, get some of that knocked out, and then you can basically spend a year and a half and then you're rated to be hired by Allegiant Airlines to work on their aircraft oh, wow. and make over $30 an hour with, yeah. no, with no debt at yeah. age 20. Right. Do the math on that. $30 an hour when you're not working overtime as a young person, you want to work overtime, you're getting $45 an hour right. with so, no debt. Yeah, so we, we went to Tallahassee and for the inauguration and we we stopped at Florida State it was our first kind of college tour. And as we were leaving, you know, me and the wife and daughter are talking and she's like, you know, I, I want to go to Alabama and visit. And we, she we she grew up before here, mostly in Tuscaloosa. So, you know, it's just near and dear to her heart. I went to school there, worked there. And I was like, look, I, it's I child abuse. All right. I mean, she's got too many teeth to go to Alabama. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Do I need to bring in the Secretary of Defense? Look. Oh, the librarian, head librarian for the band Book Week. Guess where she went to school? Auburn. Good guess, doctor. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I said, look, you, you, I would love for you to go. You can't afford it. Like, we just can't. Like, you, if, you're, if you're, you're going to college somewhere short of a hell of a scholarship, it's going to be in Florida because of that. Right? So, that Florida system means a crap ton. You know, and, and, and fixing that. But I also told her, like, you know, go to Northwest Florida. Like, figure something out. Get get a functional degree. I have a culinary degree, and I make great money and manage multiple people with master's degrees. I, I think it's a fallacy that a lot of parents hold that you have to go to a, to a state university. I, I think the state colleges are really a resource that, that need more – more kids and parents need to take a look at again because they offer degrees at the AS level that you can come out and make, you know, depending on which one, $25, 30 an hour. No, you go to and no debt. Yeah, right, no right, debt. right. You get you get a Rollins College in Orlando and get a four year liberal arts degree and you've spent two hundred thousand dollars and you're practically unemployable. Right. 
my daughter got a letter from SMU, $92,000 out of state per year. So if she, if we said, oh yeah, you're going to go to SMU in Dallas, $370,000 for a degree. I make pretty decent money. I ain't make that much. <laughs> they better have the best parties oh, that now, you could ever I imagine. Now, I in and in 100% <laughs> employment at the top tier. Yeah, you, you, you better graduate as a C-level I, executive. I went to Edinburgh University, which is this tiny state college. In, well, it used to be a state college. Now it's a, a university. But it was Edinburgh Teachers College originally. Then it was Edinburgh State College. Now it's Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. The town is like the size of driftwood. The parties will rival any public institution in the state of Florida. It doesn't matter what college you go to. Yeah. Everyone's a massive party school. These kids are getting out of their house unsupervised for the first time ever. You can't stop it. It doesn't matter where you go. So the whole Playboy magazine or Sports Illustrated, whichever one does it now, right, of the party, the, school. party schools, shit. It it that it <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. So whether you're one or a thousand, yeah, it you're literally going to party. What, dude? I've I've you been to, to five different colleges. The biggest party school was the Southern Baptist College <laughs> oh, in the that. middle of nowhere, Georgia. Me, me and Micah can attest to that. Well, Edinburgh is it. Literally, I think, is the size of Driftwood. The town had two beer distributors. Okay. We used to be able to put cases of beer outside our our apartment doors. And then when we got back from class, those cases would disappear and they would have full cases out there. Oh, my God. Like, it was just automatic. Man, I wish I'd grown up there. Right? Yeah. That oh. sounds like a great school. Sixteen ounce <laughs> returnables in the wax cases. Mm-hmm. Old German. You ever heard of old German? No. I have. Yeah, we, of, we've, have we've you heard had of, this discussion? Have you heard but of But I grew up Iron in the eighties. We called it old Germain, like Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> That's what we call it. You heard of Iron City beer? It's out of Pittsburgh. No. It's like the bush of of here. Sounds like it. I mean, I would love to go along this all these beers that you drank while you lived up north. You should put them on the Untap app. You just invited me to, yeah. right? I, I don't know if they exist. <laughs> and, and he invited me, and he's already friends with me on Untap. Well, it's like Natty Light to Bush, Old sure. German to Iron City. Okay, all right. Mm. Sorry, I, just, I do I'll need to point out. I do need to point out that Dan was making fun of me for the two hundred eighty-one unique beers I drank, and on Untapped, he's got thirteen. That's because I don't use the app. <laughs> I've drank way more than 13. <coughs> I just right, invited Wes to be my friend on Untap. All right. Fair enough. So uh, what else y'all got? I I want to bring it back to, to COVID and the vaccine. Of course you do. Because we, we talked earlier about the negative efficacy, the, the destruction of the medical establishment there's another avenue of this that we haven't really talked about and that is the decline of birth rates post-active vaccination so you've got the front end where it's harming people significantly like the person you talked about where their kidneys shut down you have people that have died 
because of the vaccine. Now we're starting to get data on how it is affecting birth rates going forward. This thing seems to be a, just an evil cocktail that's hitting on multiple levels. So here's some stats for you. So according to stats in Sweden, live births are down 8.7% per capita in 2022. So it's a 13.2% decline. And then in Israel, Israeli research shows that this is from medical data from an insurance company that covers 25% of all Israeli uh, residents, citizens. Tripling of neonatal deaths in the two quarters post-vaccination. They weren't COVID deaths because the neonatal deaths in 2020 were had no increase. They were very low. And then last week, UK announced the formation of a 10-year partnership with Moderna to invest in more research and development in mRNA t- technology to build a vaccine manufacturing center that can produce 250 million vaccines a year for the RSV shot. There's some, there's some issues with the mRNA vaccine, period. Where remember they told you they they take the vac they take this virus, put it inside of a, a a protein cell, inject it in you, and it's supposed to get your immune system to to wake up and kill it. Instead, what it's doing is that protein is going and inf- infesting major organs in your body and causing major issues. They're going to do this with RSV. So this is just the beginning of this. I, I honestly believe they're they're literally trying to, to, to kill us. So on the birth rate issue, um, yeah, I've seen some data that, that, that definitely, you know, looks like to some degree post vaccine male fertility may be affected. We know that, that females have menstrual issues after um, we don't know for how long. So, like, it would make sense that maybe there are some issues with that. However, you know, I would caution everyone um, that association doesn't equal causation. So, um, until I see some more data, I can't really... We need some time to... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so that, and that's the difference between... That's, that's the difference between conspiracy theorists who wear tinfoil hats and the ones who are, are like regular. So like, like I, in my, in my mind, I'm like, Hey, we should pay attention to this, but I, but we need to see more data before, before we go out and say, Hey, look, look, look at this. The, um, the problem you're going to have is who's going to look at that data. Oh, no, no. I, I agree with who's you. Who's going uh, to add adequately, I, just I, as you pointed out earlier, who's going to, honestly and adequately report that data well fortunately in florida we have uh, surgeon general adapo doing his mm-hmm. own do, right. doing actually doing his own studies based on the data we have in florida which which is fantastic um and you do have some independent researchers they just can't get their they can't get their findings published anywhere so you have to like read their preprint studies because obviously they'll only publish things that you know have, have passed the medical establishment um but but again, on that, I'd say you know let's let's think about it. Obviously, 
in America, the demand for the boosters have plummeted. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, hope no, so. no one. I mean, only. I mean, because they all died, or because people don't want it. All of the yes, all of the above. A, a and yes. B. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, why, why would people take a shot that doesn't work? Well, yeah, and has some pretty serious side effects. I mean, again, everybody knows someone who's been either seriously injured or has died, you know, who are, who are like, literally, if I was vaxxed and boosted with mRNA, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep at night. So, like, like, like literally, I would be worried. Like, I, I would be worried that I might <coughs> just randomly not wake up the next day. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh um, so but fortunately I, I, I didn't do any of that. So we're, we're good, you know, anyway. Um, but, and then going to, you brought that up and there was one other, uh, one other issue you brought up related to that. What was it? He's been drinking. He forgot. No, 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 no. The, 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 um, RSV. Oh the RSV my God. shots, mRNA for RSV. Yeah. RSV, it didn't even work under traditional vaccine vectors. They, they actually found that in the study that they did looking at RSV from a non mRNA vector that it, it actually had too many side effects. And I think, it, I, I think in a small trial, it failed so terribly that they had to stop the trial because the kids were doing bad, like worse than the kids that didn't get vaccinated RSV. So you throw that into mRNA on top of it, it's going to be a total disaster. Look, here's the bottom line. Vaccines for respiratory viruses simply don't do well. Mm-hmm. They don't work. They've never worked. And I, I actually, I actually even, I've never gotten a flu shot. Like personally, I just, I, I just never, either. never have. Um, I, 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 I yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, when people ask me, but just because they say, oh, get your flu shot. Like I never tell them not to, but I don't think the flu shot's bad for you. I just don't think it does. I, I've gotten one flu shot in my life and it yeah. was, it was at work. Free coming into the break room and get your flu shot, drink a glass of orange juice. I've never been sicker in my entire life. Yeah. I, it like I, literally gave me the flu. I will say this: the COVID shot makes the flu shot look like it's the, the, the <laughs> best shot ever. Right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> like, so someone comes in. In this hand, I have the flu shot, and in this hand, I have the COVID shot. You must pick one. I'm like flu all day right, long. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. So let me ask you this, and and I, well, all right, well, I'm, I'm asking a question anyway. We'll go a few minutes long. We're, we're so, already there. But do go it, ahead. Do it. But the. I, I saw uh, a guy on Twitter that I respect a lot. And one of the things he was asking was what we, we, we obviously know there's issues with the vaccine, right? But have we researched the virus enough? We, we don't really know the long-term effects of the virus, which, you know, was created in the lab, all these things. So, you know, it's doing unnatural things. And so his question was, you know, what it, the, obviously, you can see some things with these vaccine studies, but do we have a full grasp of the long-term side effects of getting the virus? And could some of these things we're seeing, whether it's heart issues or sudden death syndrome or, uh, wait, what was it, SAD, sudden adult death, are some of those things potentially long-term side effects of the COVID virus instead of just the vaccine? So. I think that spike protein circulating in your body is bad. 
and it and it and it doesn't matter whether it's from the vac from and I don't I please I I can't call it the vaccine it's from the shot yeah yeah it's not a vaccine right uh but whether it's from the shot or the virus you know it, it circulating spike protein is not good it's in it's very pro-inflammatory mm-hmm. so here's the deal with the lipid nanoparticle. Mm-hmm vector that the mrna shot is contained within we know where it's getting it's getting it's getting into heart it's getting into liver it's getting into um brain it's getting into ovary it's getting into testes like this like it's it's, it's all there like you know where it's getting because it's it, it's going anywhere that 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 fat transports well okay mm-hmm. When you get it the good old-fashioned way, if your immune system works well, it's primarily just staying in your respiratory system, and you're not getting a lot of circulating spike protein elsewhere. Right. So I would much rather have spike in my nasopharynx, oropharynx, bronchial system than have it circulating in the other systems that we know it goes to when you're getting the lipid nanoparticle mRNA shot. Mm. All right. That's a great answer. Good point and a great place to be. I wish I end. understood most of it. I understood like three words. No, I was on board with it. I got it. I just I got it. That was great. Yeah, that was good. So, hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in the podcast. Thanks so much to our senior unpaid medical advisor. If you'd like to make him a paid medical advisor, you can go to patreon.com forward slash driveway liberty podcast or go to the driveway liberty podcast.com forward slash advertise if you own a business. And help us get to a point to where we can actually pay our medical advisor. And more importantly, ourselves. ourselves. So we can get Travis out of his. Yeah. So he can talk more local. So we can unchain Travis. (laughs) Right. Uncuff Travis. (laughs) Hashtag uncuff Travis. With that being said, I am your Uncle West for Travis, Dan, and Dr. Ward. Thanks so much for coming on tonight, by the way. Hey, Media Matters. Yeah. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. You can fuck right on off. (laughs) With that being said, I am your Uncle Wes. We will see you next time on the Driveway Liberty Podcast. You are so awesome.